right, good morning, everybody. Happy almost New Year. We've, uh, I noticed that we've changed because on the way into town, my radio wasn't playing Christmas music, which was good. Oh, don't cheer too loud. Some of you are like, yeah, <laughs> finally. But we're, our sights are set on the New Year. Actually, I need a Bible. I had one. <laughs> hey, well, my Bible. No, here it is. Uh, I want my Bible. Good morning. I'm Josh. I lead the team here. Welcome to Revive Church. I want to start uh, in a way. We'll be opening to the book of Joshua, chapter 4, in a moment. But I want to give, um, today's going to be about remembering. And I want to ask this question. Do you take time to remember? Do you take time to remember what, maybe it's, maybe you remember everything bad that's happened. And isn't that how it is? It's easier to remember some of the negative things, but I think the Bible's really clear uh, and Jesus is really clear when he says, hey, I want you to remember the wonders of the Lord. Like the Psalm of Asaph where it said, I want you to remember, remember the wonders of the Lord. Teach them to your children's children and to the next generation so you don't forget what God has done. And so today I want to I, we're going to take some time before we have some food together uh, to remember what God has done because he's done amazing things. And what's funny, it's easy to forget. We had a, a staff meeting with our team here a few weeks ago, and Heather had written an email saying, hey, I want you to uh, write down and, and share some of the great things in 2017. And it, it was almost like right at first it was like, um... Um, and even when we met, well, and once we got going, once people started sharing, man, I remember this happened. Oh, yeah, and this happened, and then this happened. And it, it was like just things just uh, started to, to roll as we remembered how great God is and what he's done. And so I'm, I'm going to take a minute uh, and ask if you just have brief, like a sentence-long testimony of Man, this last year, God did this. If we took the time, we'd never eat. If we took the time to tell everyone's story, like full story. So we need like abbreviation stories, abbreviation testimonies. But I want to ask for those. And actually, in December, it was my daughter Danica's birthday. She loves that I mention her name today. Uh, but we were out to lunch at the Montana Club, and we said, I want you to... Remember and talk about your favorite thing about Danica. And at first, oh, it's this and then that. And pretty soon, everyone's sharing stories about Danica. She's like, oh, I'm the center of attention. <laughs> I get to be talked about at church. Uh, but it's amazing when we start to remember how great God is, what it does in us. Are you guys with me today? And so in a moment, we'll read from Joshua 4, but I'm going to run around the room. And if you just have a a snippet, like a, a bullseye kind of a testimony. Like if you have one bullet to shoot, this is your chance to just, pum, to share it. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Were you standing up, Chris? Ross? Real short, I just praise God. I learned to pray this year. And I got a hold of Jesus and he meets me every day and I just, it's awesome. <laughs> Wow. All right. 
Hope this isn't a bad joke. <laughs> Here, stand up. <laughs> you got to be excited while you're seeing the, the Lord leading our country and Trump and uh, the way it's going. All right. Usually Mike likes to tell a funny one-liner, but... All right, there's... I'm super excited that over the year our leadership team went from being business people and handling business decisions over a two-hour meeting period to praying for about an hour every time we get together. And that's our focus, and it's awesome. Wow. His hand was uh, on me, and he kept me strong in Jesus' name. Oh, you weren't waving. You were giving a witness. She was raising the roof. You might have one, Candy. I'll come back to you, though, if you do. Well, more than ever, this year has uh, taught me the... Uh, the idea that uh, if you're not willing to change, you're not following Jesus. Uh, today has been major changes for Carol and I, uh, including moving to this church body, and uh, we just mm. are so delighted. Right, good. Um, I do nails, and people come in, sit at my chair, and just lay all their stuff out. And I've really learned this year to trust God to tell me what to say instead of just falling apart and crying and, and making them feel wonderful and then I feel like junk afterwards. So mine is trusting what God is saying in my brain and knowing it, it's not me. Pete's sake. I'm going to go to Brad, then you, Christy. This year's been about uh, hearing his voice, responding to it, and watching miracles flourish because of it. I have been praying for my workplace um, at the hospital for quite some time. And um, let's see. Friday night, we were in a procedure, and um, the anesthesiologist was having problems bringing uh, blood pressure up, and we asked, what can we do to help? And he said, you can pray. So I got to mid-procedure pray over the whole room and for peace over um, this situation and for God to heal this patient. It was awesome. Well, this year has been uh, a big blessing for us. Uh, we kind of on a whim decided to sell our house. It sold in 16 hours and uh, for well over asking price. And then uh, we are allowed to, are able to build on our land that we've had for quite a few years, our new house. So we've had a beautiful new girl this year. Uh, watched our other one grow tremendously. So it's been a, uh, a blessed year in the Rawls house for sure.
Um, I was just remembering a couple stories of youth from England that lives transformed. There was this girl who was 17 and had been dealing with depression and cutting and all kinds of things that you can think about. And God really met with her one night at this camp. And uh, post that, I just remember her coming to me and talking about how much Jesus has changed her life. And when I talked to her on the phone recently, she's halfway through this book on heaven. And she's been talking to her parents about Jesus all the time. And it's just been the most amazing transformation. Um, there's this other boy who was 14 and uh, dealt with all kinds of family, a really rough family childhood. And uh, God met with him that same week. And uh, he bought this book by Francis Chan called Crazy Love um, at the camp. And before we even left, he was like seven chapters into this book and talking to him. He's now been, he's apparently a really good violinist, especially for 14 years old. And he teaches himself uh, his favorite worship songs. He teaches himself on violin. And his life is just amazing. I remember talking to him and he's like, I was like, what was it like that night when God met with you? And he's like, I think if I had to describe it, it would take me the rest of my life to tell you. It was the most amazing thing. And it was just the cutest, the most amazing thing. It is a good highlight for me to see you and Arlena here with us. Back in God's country. Well, I, uh, several years ago, I was sick for a very, very long time. I've had multiple surgeries, lost a couple of organs, almost died about four times. And I had given up living. I was pretty much accepted I was going to go to God, and that was be it. But in the last year or so, he's really redirected me and given me a vision for life and a vision for, for going uh, forward that I didn't have before because I was, I was pretty much on the edge. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to school now, going into teaching. So that's. Hi. Uh, God's just been healing our marriage tremendously. And the thing that I really want to share is. My kids have been having visitations in their dreams from Jesus. My daughter woke up and told me, hey, mom, I was with Jesus in his rainbow horse, and you run your fingers through the horse's hair, and it plays music. <laughs> she was telling me all these amazing things, like, oh, oh, I got to see this spider in heaven. Like, it's amazing, the lions, and the rainbow rain, and rainbow, <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. Visitations for, for the children and stuff, so yeah. City Foods yesterday, and there was a man there, um, and he told me he was signing 2017, and he was glad the year was over, because his 28-year-old daughter had passed away, and I could just feel the heartbreak in his heart, and I said, can I pray with you, and he said, oh, please do, so I did, and then I asked him if I could give him a hug, and he said yes, and he said, thank you, it's nice to know someone really cares, and I'm just so thankful for that outreach, and if you guys want to volunteer, we'd love to have you, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> So at the beginning of 2017, um, one of the words that we picked for the year uh, was the word restore. And um, we've just been praying that God would restore uh, some things that over the years have been uh, lost and stolen. And um, I can say that uh, the, all the way to the end of this year, 2017, um, that in massive ways has truly come come to 
pass, and um, it's uh, it's truly miraculous. Uh, you have lots of stories to tell, so bless God. I know there's a ton, a ton more, and like Jesus said, there's many more things I wish to tell you. Uh, if you do have a testimony, uh, we're going to have a time where we eat after the meeting today. You should share that. Share that around the table. Take time to get to know someone or share what Jesus has done in your life. There's uh, a lot of things that have happened. It's important to look back and, and take time. Like in Joshua 4, 6, and 7, uh, the children of Israel had just come through a, an amazing trial, time in the wilderness, leaving Egypt years before, but they wandered in the desert and they came to the Jordan River that was kind of a uh, demarcation, a, a boundary where God's saying, I'm taking you into this new promised land, this new place, this new boundary, this new uh, territory where I'm going to bless you. And he said this, he said, this may be a sign among you when your children ask in times to come, what do these stones mean? So he had asked them to take 12 stones and, and place them uh, in this dry riverbed as God parted the uh, river. And he said, and you shall answer them. This is that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever forever. And these stones in the middle, uh, the Bible says they were there, they're there to this day. Now, I'm sure if you went back and tried to find it, it'd be really tough to find these 12 stones, but they're probably there. They're probably there uh, somewhere. But as the river went over them, it's interesting that children of Israel probably forgot in a way, because it's not mentioned much more in the Bible. They probably forgot what had happened. You don't see them mentioning these 12 stones, and I wondered why, why would God do that? Why would he have them take stones and place them there to say, hey, I want you to remember everything I've done? And the answer is pretty easy. It's because we forget, right? We easily forget what God is doing and what he's done. Just like if, if you were to, I were to ask you, hey, what did God do this last year? Well, man, pretty soon we've got testimonies all around the room, and some of those just came to you as you sat there, you went, oh yeah, God did this, and God did that, and God did amazing things, and as we think about favorite people in our life and those close to us, if we take time to remember, and if we take time to remember especially what God has done, I think it's an important spiritual exercise and thing we, we must do as a people and as a church as well, right? First Chronicles 16 says, sing to the Lord, all the earth proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day, from day to day. And I wonder if we take time day to day to go, wow, look at what God did in the last few years. Like Jim said, man, the word for us was restoration. We be believed God was gonna do this day to day, remembering what God did. Janice's testimony and saying, hey, I do nails and hear all these stories. I'm glad she didn't see my nails when I was up close by her. I got kind of self-conscious. But if we, if we remember what God did day to day, it's something that helps us, it inspires us. It, it's something God wants us to do. And so 
Today I have uh, my top 10, and these are just, there's more. Uh, It's not all inclusive, and so uh, there's plenty of honorable mention ministries that have happened through the year, amazing things through the year, what God has done in this church. But I want to take time to highlight 10 things briefly today to help us remember. Number one, are you guys ready? All right, number one, we celebrated 40 years as a church. This church was started in 1977, and uh, as we celebrated, one of the things about our celebration, although not extravagant, I felt it was important for us, uh, Ray Lowe, a friend of ours from the UK, stood up right here and uh, reminded us, he said, your church was started by pioneers. Do you remember that? And he said, it wasn't started by settlers, it was started by pioneers. And those words, I was sitting at a table right up here. We had a dinner that night, and it was like those words just hit me right in the chest. We're still called to be pioneers. We're not called to be settlers. If you're in the kingdom of God, you're not called to settle and just settle down. You're called to be pioneers in the kingdom of God, and that's what this church is all about. And that's one of the things the 40th anniversary reminded me of. A few pioneers who came, let's start a church, let's go for God, let's be great in the kingdom and make Jesus famous. And they moved from Alaska to Missoula, Montana to start a church 40 years ago and here we are today. Looking better than ever. Especially those of you that started the church. And Bruce in his Scooby-Doo outfit. Shaggy-Doo. I think Bruce, that would sell on like eBay today, the jacket and the the bell-bottom pants. I'm sure you do. (laughs) And it fits. (laughs) But you're married today, so. Um, That's one great thing that happened along the way. But yeah, you still have that jacket would definitely be hot today and the bell bottoms if you could find those. Uh, Number two, uh, this is in February and this list isn't uh, by date. It's not chronological, but one of the things earlier in the year, uh, in February was her young adult retreat. And hearing and, and seeing our young adults take action and faith and take steps of faith is thrilling to me. But one of the things that, uh, and I didn't see him here today, but one of the things Heather had mentioned was Nate and Kayla Hogan, uh, who also had a, a baby boy in the last year. Uh, they just came alive in the young adult retreat. And one of the things that spoke to me was there's things all through the year where God breaks into our lives. If it's on a retreat or at the food bank or at places we go away or if it's in the women's ministry that just kind of sprung up overnight. Jennifer has a way of doing that. Uh, The things that she works in. Uh, God will speak to you where you're at. And special times in our life and hearing about Nate and Kayla's testimony, how God got a hold of them. They're serving in our youth ministry today. I'm thankful for our young adult uh, retreat and our young adults, someone say, yeah, yeah. Uh, Number three, one of my highlights over the year was our Fight for the Family series. We took, I think it's seven or eight weeks from Mother's Day to Father's Day. We took those weeks to focus on the family, to focus on, because God does, certainly does. He believes in family. He, in fact, he invented family. He, God performed the first marriage of all time right, Uh, between Adam and Eve. And we took time to uh, focus on 
uh, family, moms, dads, kids, marriages. And I remember hearing one testimony here this morning about God's healing our marriage. God loves marriage, right? And so we took time to uh, look at all different aspects of family. How many remember that? For me, that was a, a powerful series because we got to hear from you and we got to share, hear from different speakers. We had uh, Jim Ramsey here. Uh, forever remember the infamous Father's Day sermon. Um, two of you were laughing. Jim did a great job, but I think he fit in like seven sermons in once on Father's Day. All the dads are like, I just want to go to Famous Dave's. <laughs> this is, uh, it was a really good message, but it was... <laughs> represent. Um, so uh, fight for the family. I wanted to show each Sunday that we did that from Mother's Day to Father's Day, we had a different video that highlighted a different family in church. And if we can, I want to show you one of my uh, favorites from that series. Marcia fell in love with me first. She won't admit it. No, she did. I did admit it. Uh, we're in college. She was a freshman, I was a senior, and we dated twice, and I was not really interested at all. And my graduation, she came to the reception line, gave me a card, and ran off in tears. I was a freshman. He um, roomed with my brother. They were the same age both seniors and so one time because I just thought he was the best ever at that time and so I was in the dorm and we saw that he was coming to the dorm so I sent one of my girlfriends that I roomed with downstairs to see who he was picking up because I know it wasn't myself <laughs> so that kind of you know started me spying on him basically what he was doing she wasn't stalking she was <laughs> yes and then I'd go visit my brother much more frequently since he was rooming with him but um yeah, he didn't get a clue. Didn't yeah, have a clue. I didn't. <laughs> Most guys don't. I'm going to reenact this. Why don't you uh, pause that and see if we can get it going. That video is on our Facebook. But what basically happens, and Merle and Marcia, who are, they're off with family today out of state. Uh, Merle goes off to Vietnam. And then one day... <laughs> One of my favorite things about last year's horror videos always seem to go off without a hitch. I got a letter. Here it is. Remember, as clear as yes. a bell. I got a letter once a week. Didn't yeah. have a clue. I didn't. <laughs> Most guys don't. I got sent to Vietnam, and she began to write. I got a letter once a week. And then she sent a picture of her 
holding a stuffed dog. And I, Stacy, I can remember as clear as a bell opening that letter and seeing that picture, and I knew, I knew, I knew. I was in love with her. And so we wrote for nine months. I got a letter at least once a week, if not more. What I liked about writing letters, at least for me, uh, I think you can be more honest in a letter about your feelings and about things that happen in your life than you could if the person was standing right there in front of you. In a letter, you can pretty much put anything down. <laughs> and <laughs> hopefully it's received well. Sometimes maybe not so well. But um, that's, I think, how we grew closer is we yeah. were just really honest in our letters. And yeah. um, that just kind of overcame a lot of problems that a lot of young people have. I think they're not, they're afraid to tell um, in, about their inner selves or about mm -hmm. things in their lives or mm -hmm. how they felt about that. And They're pretty special. Um, when uh, they have a mail call every day, they, we were moving all the time and the, the mail truck uh, driver, and he would radio ahead to see where we were and then he'd always show up where we were at. And um, so everybody was waiting for the mail mail and when you didn't get a letter from somebody it was you felt really kind of down depressed but boy when you got a letter I can recall <coughs> getting the letter ripping it open and just reading through as fast as I could and then walk away and then read it again and read it again and read it again just to absorb the words in it it meant a lot because that was your only touch with with home, you didn't have cell phones in those days, didn't have, you know, computers and that kind of stuff, so that's the only touch you had with home. And to have somebody write, you know, beautiful things to you, it meant a whole lot. And then we had to burn our letters, because um, we're out in the field. And so I never got to keep any of them. Uh, but they were very, they were, they were really special. So I don't know if too many people have fallen in love from 6,000 miles away. <laughs> Thank you for getting that going, guys. Not only did uh, that series remind us about how important family was, uh, but how important those who have served overseas and served our country are to us and many amazing veterans in our church. So uh, great time for Mother's Day to Father's Day this year, uh, fighting for the family. Number four... I super appreciative how this church went to the nations over the last year. Uh, if it wasn't through going, uh, some of us go by going, but some of us go by staying and, and sending and paying and serving. And uh, when we do a missions offering, you go by staying and giving, right? And uh, some of you went to Africa by sending quilts some of the ladies who make quilts we had uh brett and john and i actually uh john meek from spokane who's originally from our church i went to africa but we brought this bundle of quilts uh, that were made by ladies in this church and i think other few other churches if you can find slide eight avery that'd be great uh we got to go to africa and do that there they are and there's a great picture of Brent Dodge on the Oliver's porch uh, as we kind of waxed eloquent around the, remember that spot, Brent, where we got to sit and meet with leaders from all over the nations uh, 
encouraging one another and working with one another and speaking into one another's uh, lives. But uh, those of you that make, made quilts got to, in a way, go to Africa, even though you never left Missoula, Montana. And so we're grateful for a church that not only loves the neighborhoods, but loves the nations. Uh, slide nine, John and Ben, as well as Trevor Payne from the UK, our good close friend, got to go to Brazil and work with John and Flor Evans and uh, Rio Vivo uh, in Brazil, a great work that's continuing. We actually gave an offering that uh, went towards serving uh, people in very poor neighborhoods in the favelas in Brazil. So we're thankful that these guys took time and they represented us going uh, way south of the border. And we look forward to doing more there. Uh, slide number 10 is going to the nations. I, I need to spread this out a bit. Although it's 10 points today, there's several slides under this one, number four. Uh, but Bruce and Hannah and I got to go to Dubai. Amazing place. And, and uh, we gathered with our regions beyond church families. The nations gathered as one. Leaders from all over the world, dozens and dozens of countries gathering together uh, to worship God, encourage one another, and, and send one another out back to the nations. And a few highlights. We celebrated Bruce's birthday while we were in Dubai. I forgot to mention that as we came back from the trip. We were at this odd, like, Pakistani restaurant. And I told the waiter, I said, it's his birthday. Kind of whispered, do you guys have like a cake? <laughs> Trying to translate that, you know. And he kind of nodded and he said, cake, cake, yes, birthday. And so he came back and the staff, they were so proud. He brought out probably the worst um, pancake sort of, what was it? Shredded wheat made into a pancake with a candle in it. <laughs> and we, we were on the, this little river in, in Dubai having uh, lunch. Dubai started as a, uh, really a really modest fishing village, and it's like it's a hub for the world now today. And we're there celebrating Bruce's birthday. Who would have thought? But uh, God's sending us to the nations and involving us in the nations. It opens your eyes to a mission and a vision much bigger than, our, than what happens in our four walls here. Uh, several years ago, we, we were able to purchase a building. This is the next slide, but it was originally the TNT Tavern on the left, and now it's Teshpong Church. And this work, although this happened a few years ago, a team just went from, although we didn't send anyone from here, team from Spokane and the Lion's Den in Missoula went to put a new roof on the uh, building there. And believe me, I got to visit this facility, this stunning Sterling facility, when it was the TNT Tavern, and it was a rough, bad, very bad place. Uh, because it's Family Sunday, won't go into the details, but uh, what it is now today, a light in the community because of the giving and serving and seeing that continue is definitely a highlight uh, for me as well as the work with the Needy Foundation and stuff that happened uh, with some other regions beyond churches. It's the uh, slide 12. Some of the things that happened through uh, the work 
from the leaders in Spokane going there and the left, we were able to put a building on a facility that helps kids uh, get schooling in Africa. That's great news. Someone say amen. Um, okay, number five. Uh, on August 27th, we had a message here by Steve Oliver on prayer. And I won't take long on this point, but I think it's really important. Russ Egan alluded to it where he said, man, I, God got a hold of me and I learned to pray. Steve did a message and you can probably find it if we went back on our website, but he preached on prayer. And uh, what I'm seeing happen, what I saw happen over the next weeks was Bruce and Shirlene started an eight-week class on prayer in the foyer before we had our pre-service prayer here. Uh, Renee told me our kids, our kids' ministry began to pray in a fresh way. I mean, pray, not just God, bless my day, bless my week. I hope I get a pillow pet for Christmas. Um, we have kids who pray in church, and maybe it's okay to pray for a pillow pet or a, something like that, or whatever, you pray for the Golden State Warriors to win the title. Uh, I mean, they're, they're praying for you and praying for a church and praying for the lost and praying for mission. Our church is, is growing again in prayer, and I see that message as a catalyst to, uh, to us, as a reminder, because I know many of us know how to pray, but it was a reminder that day to me uh, was a highlight. Number six, uh, we moved from being Clark Fork City Church to being Revive Church. We changed, our, we changed our name. And uh, you may say, well, th why, th why is that a highlight? Because uh, God's always wanting to do a new thing. And as much as we love the past, God wants to do a new thing in us. And a new name means new mission. A new name means new responsibility. A new name means a new identity. And so we felt as a team here to say, hey, uh, we've been, a, although we've had three or four different names over 40 years, we felt like coming into our 40th year, starting our 41st year, we want to have a new name, a new calling, a new identity in God. Someone say amen. I'd love to re-preach why we named it Revive, but that was a highlight. Uh, number seven, we have a great region of churches forming uh, I already mentioned the lion's den. Uh, we have friends in Helena that we're working with, with a Mount Helena uh, Community Church. There's two churches in Spokane uh, we're working with and our own outreaches. And so I'm really grateful that our heart has always been more than what's happening here. Sometimes, and just to be really clear, we've never, we're not a church that, thrives on competition or comparison. In fact, we're, we're, we, wanna, we pray for and, and hope for the blessing on other churches in our community in Missoula, right? We don't, we don't compare ourselves or compete against other churches in town because we bless other churches in town. Not only that, we have churches in the region that we get to work with. We met with, uh, I'd say probably 60 leaders in Kellogg, Idaho from around the region, uh, praying together, being inspired together, uh, believing that we're going to go on mission together in this part of our world because the nations are amazing, guys, right? We love going to the nations as a church, right? But we love Montana. I was hoping for a better. 
We love the people in our state. We love the people in the Northwest. We love the people in our surrounding area. We want to reach them, right? Because it's us for and, and no more than we've missed the point. God said to go into all the, all the world with this gospel. And the Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, we want to reach our Judea. We want to reach this part of the world that's around us. And so we're not going to do that alone. We're not going to do that with a closed-minded, myopic kind of vision where it's just us. We want to do that together with other churches. I get excited about that point. But I love seeing us gather together with other churches, seeing many of you, our leaders, come to Kellogg and Jim and Susanna. Notice how you guys were blessed there. God was speaking to you guys there saying, man, I'm going to do a new thing in you and, and igniting passion. And I think God's going to do that in more of us as we uh, reach out, all right? Um, so six churches, a couple church plants. Um, love what God's doing in the region. For the sake of time, I, I need to quickly finish up these last couple. Number eight, I love what God is doing in our kids and youth ministry here at Revive Church. One of the reasons God told Joshua to place the foundations, those stones uh, in the river was to remind them. It's in, in this, the Psalm of Asaph, remind the next generation. The reason they said that is because our job as believers is to pass on the message to those coming behind us and hand the baton to those in ministry that can carry it further than we can. Right, And so anytime kids and youth uh, are on fire for God and we have a church that's looking to the next, next generation, I believe we're fulfilling the call and mission of Jesus. Amen? So seeing, our, I've alluded to this, our kids on fire for God, seeing the discipleship program and the great work that kids team did and leading our kids through that discipleship program through Operation Christmas Child and, and a ton of kids getting baptized here. Uh, there's, one, there's one of the Spafford kids up there getting baptized. Seeing two of my kids getting baptized here was a great highlight for me. Uh, but seeing our youth get on fire for God, one of the catalysts for that is Cameron and Lorene who moved all the way here from South Africa, well, South Africa and London. You guys stand up really quick. Come on. Thank you. And Leah. It's Cameron and Lorene. And Leah, give us a big wave. Leah's got a baby brother on the way. That's good. Can I announce that publicly? <laughs> I think they've told people, right? Have you told people? Yeah. I did. Um, Seeing you guys come, you know what, not only did they move to another nation, but they moved here like the week before our fair week. Oh, we have this fair booth where we serve like 18 million cheesesteak sandwiches. You know, if it's not the trials of the enemy, like, I mean, it's like temptations of the enemy coming that week. It's trials and temptations and struggles and fair weeks uh, just, it's brutal, but these guys moved here and served and ran that fundraiser, but also have got a whole youth ministry going. We've got youth up and running again after 
uh, a brief break with our, our youth ministry, taking youth to Vision Conference. Uh, we took a number of students over to Great Falls and, and seeing our kids praising God and, and going after God in a new way was amazing. Not only that, I think Macy Rodoff was basically called on stage every day in that conference. You know, we're at this big youth conference and every day they get volunteers and they pick Macy Rodoff. You come up. I'm like, she was up last night. <laughs> um, right, Macy? She basically won every prize known to man at the conference. Um, but seeing our youth and our kids was a huge highlight for me. And I know for many of you, number nine, as we finish this up, our, our outreach in, in November and December through our Greatest Gift series and some of the things that you guys have been doing over the years are stunning to me. And I, I, I need to honestly say I wrestle with sharing what you did because I know the Bible says don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. I feel like it's almost like bragging, but I want to brag on how well you guys served in the community uh, as long as we keep our heads about us, right? Uh, because there's great things we did and it's worth, uh, it's worth celebrating through Operation Christmas Child and being a drop location for this region. 8,900 shoeboxes were collected here at this building that came into other churches and then wound up here. I think our church did about three, two to 300, which is great, but all over Western Montana, and that's part of being a regional church, 8,900 shoeboxes came in here and you guys helped facilitate that. Through this building, we helped facilitate that. That's great, right? Uh, Desmet Community Dinner. We were able to serve an amazing dinner over at the DeSmet School, a public school. We went in and shared our faith and shared a great dinner. That's the Quonset Hunt Gym uh, over at DeSmet School. You guys did a great job there. Um, slide 20. Uh, we, ha we had an amazing visit from Santa Claus this last year. And I, yeah, give Santa a hand clap. He looks a lot like Larry Miller which is a bit bizarre to me. Um, but I think this is probably the best Santa in west of the Mississippi. Um, he served all over town when Santa came. Uh, the next slide, 21. We do a program through a food bank that gives gifts to, this year it was, those are presents for 108 kids in the community that you guys gave. Uh, that this church literally gave. And it's not like, hey, I brought you one gift. It's like, these kids got like gifts. These kids wrote down literally what they wanted and you guys provided that to kids who normally wouldn't receive Christmas. And so uh, not only that, in November and December, all the families that were fed through the food bank, uh, that kind of can get lost in the middle of this. But through November and December, you guys outgave yourselves. It was amazing. And so um, I applaud you and thank you for your generosity. We want to lead the way. It's really one of our values, leading the way in generosity, right? We give to, we, around here we give till we bleed because <laughs> Jesus did. All right, number 10, we'll finish uh, with this and then we'll have food together. I love how God's challenging us to increase in the last year. And 
I want to talk about a few of the ways God's done that. One of the ways was through a new downtown service and congregation. Uh, our young adults who we mentioned earlier had a retreat in February and home group hosted at the Rittner compound up on the hill. Uh, that group uh, helped launch a congregation, a service downtown and uh, beginning actually the year before, we felt like God was calling us to expand and meet beyond here, meet beyond uh, this meeting, beyond one meeting as a church. And so I love how God's asking us to increase in challenging us. And one of the things I've noticed about our church, uh, being a church of 40 years old, we're a church full of leaders and full of potential. We really are. We have some newer believers, but being a church that's uh, of age, young at heart, someone say amen. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a church that that has so much potential and so much leadership that we feel like it's too much for one place. And so seeing God uh, start something downtown Sunday nights, although we'll hear later they're, they're meeting, having a house party tonight. Uh, we have a whole nother service, a whole nother congregation. Revive Church is more than a church in one place. And so we believe God's calling us to increase. And I want to uh, say this as I finish as an uh, introduction to uh, what I feel God wants to give us a word for next year, and that's increase. God wants to call us to increase and increase uh, personally, increase uh, spiritually, increase in our families, increase as a, a church, and increase in numbers, increase in our region. And so really grateful to see what's happening downtown that's really amazing, guys, that uh, this church that started downtown, uh, we're going back down there because we believe we have a calling there. And, and then finally, uh, we believe in next year, this is sort of looking ahead, cheating a little bit, but we believe God's calling us to the Bitterroot Valley in 2018 and seeing a group form that's been praying. And yeah, let's give God a hand clap for that. Um, Seeing God grow us uh, down there and, and believing that he wants us to reach people in the valley, the thousands and thousands of people that don't attend church in the Bitterroot Valley. And uh, one way we can join with that mission and vision is uh, prayer on Tuesday the 10th at 6.30 at uh, Stacy and Ann's house. We're going to be having a prayer meeting there to pray for what God wants to do next year down there. And so... I wanted to take time today uh, to look back, to think about those things. And as I've done this for our church, I'd like to ask you to do this for you and your family. And man, maybe it's not 10 things. Maybe you're like, I've got two things, right? That's fine. You need to camp on those two things or three things. And sometimes you live on just a few victories a year. How many are with me there? But you hold on to those victories and you say, man, God, if you did that, I know you can do more. Come on, Come on Revive Church. If you did these, look at what he did over this last year, a 40th anniversary and name change and outreaches and, and a region of churches and calling us to go to, to more places, expanding us even when we're not ready. 
Even when we say, man, God, I don't know if we can fulfill that vision. Well, guess what? God can. Because God brings the increase. We bring our gift, but God brings the increase. Are you guys with me today? So I want you to build a platform for the future by being thankful when you look back, by remembering and saying, I will remember the wonders of the Lord. I will remember everything he's done for me. The way you move into next year is by saying, well, let me take a minute, just between now and midnight, right? Before this year's over and saying, God, help me remember everything you've done because it really has been great and help us launch into the new year. Can we do that? Let's be such a thankful people and he's gonna build a huge platform for what he, wants, what he wants to do next. I believe that. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today uh, thinking about how you told Joshua, place these 12 stones as a reminder of everything you've done. And even though those stones were covered with water, it, it kind of reminds us of what happens in our lives where everything you've done kind of can get seemed overwhelmed. It can seem like it's engulfed in the cares of the world or things we face. But we pray today, God, uh, for uh, supernatural remembering of all the good things you've done in us as a church. And I pray you help everyone here remember personally what you've done. Help it be a, a starting line. We come today not as a finish line and not like we've arrived, although we recited and rehearsed all the, a lot of great things you've done in us, we pray it's just a starting line for next year and an inspiration, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you for being faithful. Amen.